0: Hi, friend. Welcome to Valley and View. I'm Betsy, and I'm so glad you're joining us for today's conversation. On this podcast, we're just a bunch of regular people living our regular lives, which happens to include shady, dark valleys, but also some pretty spectacular views. So that's what we'll be talking about here. The lowest of lows, the highest of highs, and the lessons we've gleaned from the proverbial hike of life in hopes that it can encourage you along your proverbial hike as well. No matter where you are on your journey, we're glad you're joining us on ours. Before we get started, I do just want to drop a little disclaimer. The conversations you're about to hear are based on our personal experiences and relationships. We hope you hear something in these conversations that spark an idea, an emotion, or even breakthrough in some way. But please, do not take our words as gospel truth. That can only be found in one place. So let these conversations enter your hearts and minds, but let the Lord speak to you in ways that only He can. All right, you ready? Let's go. Amen. <laughs> when I said speak now, I thought of Taylor Swift. Do you know that song? Uh-huh. I can't think of it. Uh,
1: I'm not a huge Taylor Swift fan. Just yeah,
0: me either. That. I'm not a Swifty. Mm, Have you seen on the news, all. though, um... I think this is the only reason I know about this is because of, I listened to John Chris podcast and they've been talking about it. Mm -hmm. No, Allie was telling me about this where she was in, um, Brazil Mm -hmm. and like people were passing out and a woman died because it was so hot at her concert. And like, they had blocked all the fans and everything. And like, so people couldn't see in and like Taylor's a dang politician over there making Mm -hmm. policy changes (laughs) and like getting things done. And, um, Anyways, it's a whole thing. Look it up. Like, I have to look it up, yeah. Like a woman died it. because of a heat stroke or something.
1: It's a real thing.
0: Yeah. Um, anyways, welcome to your first episode, Steph. I'm excited. That was a little loud in the yellow over there. All right, pipe down, Betty. Um, <laughs> well, this is episode 31, I believe. Um, and I cannot believe it's been 31 episodes for you to come because <laughs> you're literally the friend that lives closest to me. That we see probably the least of each other. Oh. Um, know about that well uh, yeah but well, we talk throughout the week
1: yeah but also this has just been an unusual year yeah unusual year so for sure that um
0: <laughs> well we like to start off the pod by telling everyone what we're drinking so what's in your cup this morning stuff
1: <laughs> uh, well betty um betsy's over here the little barista so she Being made barista. yeah she's a barista she make well minimal barista using espresso machine this is true but you i mean before, I know right? how to
0: mix the drinks. Yeah, I know. You do. I know the combinations and whatnot. Um, attempted a really cute cinnamon art latte situation on stuffs. I got these things from Hobby Lobby, and <laughs> the, it was like those things you put over the thing and then you shake like cocoa powder, cinnamon to make it say something cute. And I said, "Let's get cozy," and it was really just a cinnamon blob. But I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sipping on a latte and water, and I have the same, and. Um, we are recording this might be the No, besides the ones that I've done by myself, like fresh up in the morning, this might be the earliest podcast we've ever recorded. And which is to say it's 10 30 AM. Awesome, um, yeah. Because yeah. we're both morning people, but Stephanie is like next level morning. <laughs> I woke up at 7 30 to a text that she sent at 6 39. She was like, Hey, okay if I roll in at eight o'clock. I'm like
1: <laughs> she's
0: still No, that. no, it's not okay, Steph
1: oh man which is such like
0: a so Allie was here last weekend um and we were recording and it's such like a what do you call it like a difference (laughs) yeah different ends of the spectrum Stephanie wants to record at 8 a.m. Allie's like 8 p.m. is too early yeah
1: (laughs) yeah she's always been a night owl though she is different strokes for different folks but we're mm -hmm. definitely I can't hang that way morning people even in college like I was you know back in the like college days you'd go out and I'd stay out late then but it wasn't that I was in bed at like ten o'clock.
0: Yeah, no, I, I don't. Mm-mm. I don't do the late night thing. No. I don't think I ever have. I mean, I pulled some all nighters in college because we thought it was a fun thing to do. Like I remember, I went with my roommate to the library at sunset. <laughs> we ordered pizza to the library for dinner, and God knows what else throughout the night, and walked out at sunrise.
1: At for, the library at UNCG.
0: Yeah, for fun. For we did that for fun. Wow. I mean, we were working the whole time too. And she, um, my roommate was definitely, she would stay up ungodly hours.
1: I'm like, Tamer, go to bed. Well, my roommate, Anna Marie, first, like that we lived together for eight years in college and then out, we were, our sleeping schedules were completely out. Yeah. We would literally, our house rule was (laughs) we would be passing each other in the night. So the only way our rule was if we had not seen that something had moved in the house or had not heard (laughs) from each other in 24 hours. We would check and be yeah. like, Hey, you good? Yeah. <laughs> but she always knew I had been home because I hate shoes. So as soon as as soon as I'd come in the house, I'd drop my shoes. Yeah, And sometimes I, it didn't matter where I dropped them. I didn't always put them by the door. So she would always look for shoes. That was her first sign, where she had <laughs> shoes been moved. But um, I would hear her come in, but I would always be out like I'm, I'm asleep, but she'd yeah. stay up till three or four o'clock in the morning Yeah, no, I and can't. that, and I'm like about to get up an hour after she's in bed. Yeah. So that's how we lived our life. But that eight I, years teacher, teacher life, mm-hmm.
0: because for sure, that's when I got on that routine. Like in college, I was so sporadic, like I didn't have a routine, mm-hmm. but definitely when I started teaching, because you're so exhausted at the end of the day, yep. you're like eight 30,
1: it's too bed. late.
0: I need to go to, I need yeah. to go to bed because you also have to get up at, there was a time in my life where I got up at four 30.
1: Same. Yeah. There was a time I got up at three, like when I had those two- In the middle of the night? You no, know, like I would come home that really stressful year of uh-huh. teaching when you and I talked mm-hmm. together. Um, I would be mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. tired when I got home mentally that, I mean, I was like, I, I cannot do any work. Like cannot. No. So I would go to bed at like eight or eight 30 and I would get up at three o'clock and work. Yeah and work like two hours before I even got to the school building yeah that's the only way i survived that year yeah we need to tell people how we met that's yes. big and i forget about that because <laughs> i have not
0: had anybody new per se yeah in on a in a while um but
1: tell the story of how we met stuff um so we talked together at a s- little well, elementary school i would do remember the first time i don't i well, do i'm here for the story you're here for the story yeah We started at New Hope the same year, and we had had like a our faculty was like seventy people because it was just so big. And we had had a meeting in the library because that's where we always had our faculty meetings. Uh And I remember the first time, like I guess, paid attention to you and Leah because the three of us were because me and Leah were already friends. The two of you were already friends. Which side note, she's recording on Thursday, so for the first time, so you are in the same week. Um, but we were on separate hallways. And I I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, that school was so big, it was hard to make friendships. Yeah. Because I don't, did I ever tell you this, that somebody tracked on their Apple Watch how many steps it was from one end to the building and back? It was a quarter of a mile. No, it's not. Yeah. It was that big of a building. From like fifth grade to the cafeteria and then back? back? It was a quarter of a mile. Yeah, that's how big it was. I don't remember who did it, but somebody tracked it because we were talking about I how wonder many I I felt sticks. so healthy that year. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> <we> like that's <laughs> one of my healthiest years. Um, Physically, not mentally. So I remember, I think we were, the meeting had ended and you were talking to Leah and I heard you say something about national parks. And I was like, yes, my girl. ears perked up. And I was like, oh, she's been in national parks. And then you said something about camping, and I chimed into the conversation. I was like, "You camp?" And you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, da, da 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 And I was excited because I had zero friends at the time that camped, or and I actually, you're the person that got me into backpacking because mm-hmm. I had not backpacked. Um, we camped our whole lives, but anyways. Um, <laughs> My friend Emily was the only person that would camp or do anything like that with me. And she had just moved to Ohio and I was devastated. I was like, I lost my one friend (laughs) that'll like do outdoorsy stuff with me. And then you and I became friends. Um, But then it was like shortly after that, we started doing like the Bible study thing at your apartment. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. We did that for a while. Oh, and
0: Kendall. And Kendall. Kendall, yeah.
1: Yeah. Kendall came. Leah came some. Um, and then we started hiking and backpacking. Yeah,
0: it was. I think that spring. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we started. Oh man. Fall of 2017, I think, at New Hope. Don't ask. Yeah, me that. No, it is. It remember. is because 2017 was a rough summer for me, and I remember thinking, "New Hope is giving me new hope." Uh-huh. Um. So, yeah, that spring for spring break, I'm like, Steph, let's go backpacking. she was like, yeah, sounds great. Never done it. Uh, Well, no, that wasn't your first time, was it?
1: Um, It was was either
0: your – I think it was because I remember feeling the pressure of being like – Yeah,
1: it was my first backpacking trip, I think. Yeah.
0: So, we – spring break – we backpacked um, and I had been backpacking before, but I had always been with like Tyler and Christian or mm-hmm. Heather and Jeff and like other people who actually knew what they were doing. <laughs> and so that's why I, I think it was your first time because I remember Being feeling the out. pressure and yeah. like, I'm like, I'm not going to tell her I'm, I'm, I got this. I've done this enough. Like we're fine. And it was a great time. Like we went to, mm-hmm. uh, we drove to Hot Springs, stayed in Hot Springs that night, woke up mm-hmm. the next morning and we were hiking Max Patch back to hot springs it was like what 17 18 miles mm-hmm. something
1: like that well the first day i know we did 14
0: yeah we, we did the majority well maybe 12 mm-hmm. the first day mm-hmm. It no, was fourteen. 14. i know because my oh yeah, that, yeah
1: my knee was like so jacked up by it the was 14 the
0: first day and then it was supposed to be six the next day it came off the trail because yeah okay um and so it was the most beautiful day like uh, when we started. Clear blue skies, not a cloud in sight. Like we have pictures from the top of Max Patch and it is just like 70 clear blue, beautiful. And I mean we're following the AT which is very well marked, white blazes the whole way. So like we we were never at a point where we got lost. Like yeah. we had a map, we were good. And like this is a very highly trafficked Trail and especially this part, and so we're like people around. We're good, and we, you know, had done our fourteen miles, and there was we were planning that night. There are shelters along the way, um of like where you can stop, and I, I mean it's not like a cabin, but it's just like a wood plank floor with a shelter above. So like you don't necessarily have to set up a tent; you just put your sleeping bag on the uh, platform. And so we we're planning to stop at one somewhere around that part. But remember there was, they were doing a controlled burn mm-hmm. and we ended up having to go around the trail on the fire road. So we, we didn't ever pass the shelter because it was in the section where they were doing the burn. And so we're like, oh, no worries. Like, and on the AT you can just like pull off and honestly camp anywhere. So we found a clear spot that looked like somewhere, somebody <laughs> had camped before. And Which was,
1: it was an epic spot, but it I was do great. know that we, we had checked the weather. Oh yeah, and the weather was fine. Well, the weather was fine that, but I we knew that there was a chance of storms that night. There was like a forty. Did we know that? I did because I remember checking. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a forty percent chance because we had said, "Well, we're going to stay on the shelter anyway, so if it storms, we'll be." That's right. Okay, and then we were like, "Okay, well, we're just going to if it doesn't storm that bad." When we knew that we weren't going to have the shelter, I still wasn't worried about it. No, I wasn't worried either. I was like, "We're
0: going to be fine. Like it's going to be rain." 2:30 until it's in the morning. So we stopped probably, I don't know, five thirty six after we had done these fourteen miles. and we set up the tent, we ate our little dinner, and we were in the tent asleep before the sun went down. Like we were yep. exhausted. We and so that often though, yeah, because I mean, you're freaking tired. You're so what yeah. else is there to do? Um, so we we go to bed and then around two thirty, I thought I heard thunder, so I start stirring and I'm like, trying to get my app to load with the weather and it thunders again and Stephanie's stirring and she rolls over she was like was that thunder I was like yeah don't worry about it I'm checking the weather <laughs> meanwhile I'm panicking because I'm like if I were with Tyler Christian Jeff anybody else like I would let them deal with it like right. I I never have to worry with them because I right. know they're the ones worrying about it it's right. great
1: <laughs> and um meanwhile
0: over here yeah I'm the one I'm the man in this situation I'm like gotta <laughs> I got to protect Steph. And oh so gosh. I'm like trying to get the weather app pulled up. And we were on, we weren't on the summit, um, but we were a little ways down, but still like pretty high up. And I got just enough service to see a giant red cell just coming. And like, you could feel it too, like the thunder and lightning. I'm like, oh, it's coming. And Steph's like, what should we do? I'm like, I don't know. Let's wait it out. Let's you, see. Yeah. And then after a few minutes and another like thunder strike or whatever, <laughs> I'm like, Let's pack it up. No, I and do
1: remember though. It like we laid back down. In the funniest moment though, is when it thundered again and it was so loud. We both sat so, yeah. up <laughs> at the exact same time. <laughs> and at first, we didn't say anything. We just started like yeah. shoving no stuff into our packs. And then it was like we got to get this tent down. Yeah, and, and we was... literally, I think, in twelve minutes.
0: No, it was like that was a, like. It was It was more than that. It was more than that. Yes. Because I think I originally woke up around two ish and started like, you were stirring, but not awake yet. And I'm over there freaking out, trying to make a game plan. (laughs) And then a little more time goes by. You actually wake up. We had a conversation about it and we're like, we're probably fine. And then we had the moment where we sat up together and was like, unspoken, just start packing. (laughs) Yeah. But I remember us as soon as we got the tent packed up and our packs back on our back, uh, mind you, this is the middle of the night.
1: Literally two thirty in the morning,
0: in the middle of the woods, and we um, put our packs on. And in that moment, it was like boom, and it just started, like starts pouring monsooning,
1: rain. Like, mind you, we monsooning. did not have a plan. No,
0: we just knew it was probably safer to get further down the mountain than to be on top of the mountain mm-hmm. in a tent. And in, in hindsight, I don't know, we probably would have been fine. But
1: I uh, I don't know. if Mm. We had
0: no plan. No plan. Nothing whatsoever. And I'm ahead of stuff. And you can't see like it's raining so hard you cannot see in front of you. No. And I'm like we're walking down the trail with our headlamp and it was getting muddy real quick. And do you remember? (laughs) I just straight slipped and like (laughs) on my belly in the mud and got up. But I mean, we talked about this later, but I was praying out loud. I'm like, "Lord, provide something." Like, I don't know what we're doing. We're just walking. Like, I'm out up there praying out loud, and I don't know. If, I don't know if you heard me. I in the back. I could not hear you. Like That's the rain how hard was so was loud. raining. Yeah,
1: I could not hear you praying out loud. And I'm like, I remember specifically, like, "Lord, just give us some type of shelter. I don't care if it's a rock. I don't care what it is, but like, give us something." Yes, we were initially going to hike six more miles next that morning. next morning so like in my head I'm thinking we cannot do this for six miles right now like no there's and no way we're gonna make but this. in my
0: mind at the front I'm like baby we're going to hot springs
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm like heck no we're not this knee and is so, telling me no, N-O.
0: <laughs> and I wonder if does your knee hurt when it rains I wonder if the day before
1: it was even more so because <clears> of the rain it that was used coming. to yeah like and it might have I think, too, it was a combination of that was the first backpacking trip yeah. I had done. Um, so I pushed my knee really hard that day, but then it could have very well been. It was agitated with the mm-hmm. system coming in, Even and more. I didn't know it. Yeah. So kind we're hiking down this Adam. trail, and I'm praying out loud. Stephanie can't
0: hear me. And I'm just <laughs> like, I, my literally, my plan was to walk to Hot Springs in the middle of the night. And... Um, I mean, I wish we could go back because it was less than five minutes, probably less than a quarter of a mile, less, probably f- to walk to fifth grade at the cafeteria and back at New Hope amount son. of time. Mm-hmm. And up ahead, I see a cave. And I just remember being like, Steph!
1: <laughs> Screaming at me because yes. it's raining so And so we so go hard. over
0: there. And y'all, this cave was big enough just for two people, and it had, like, the AT blaze on it. It was super cool. And we, like, throw our packs in there, get in there, and I'm not even kidding you, as soon as we got in there, it was like, boom, crash, boom, boom. like like, gunshots in the sky. And um, we get in there, and we just, like, look at each other. And we're like, well, Here I, we guess, I guess this is it. <laughs> and I remember, I don't know if I spoke this out loud, but I remember being afraid that it... It was like a bear's cave yeah, and the I bears were to, coming back.
1: I was looking for bear scap when yeah. I came in, honestly. And but then it, it, I, I, we, we talked about it okay, because we did. it took, it was like once we got settled uh-huh. and got situated and I remember your rain gear, you were soaked because apparently the repellent yes, on your coat Yes, and that's when I knew. <laughs> had, you needed a new rain jacket. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you were soaked. In freezing. Um, yeah, it was, it was cold. But it didn't get cold until like er earlier Mm -hmm. in the morning or later in the morning. But... We eventually got our sleeping bags out just to put our legs in. I wish this was a video podcast <laughs> so we could show the pictures. And the salamanders were, yep. you remember, were coming up out of everywhere, on? so we're like flicking salamanders. No, no you were flicking yeah, I was sal- flicking salamanders. <laughs> salamanders, trying to crawl all over our stuff. Stuff was on salamander duty. I was on, yeah. You were
0: making coffee. Yeah, sure enough, we did make coffee in that cave. And uh-huh. then I remember all when night we- All long.
1: Cause we were in there from, I guess it would have probably been close to three Three-ish. to seven thirty.
0: Yeah. Because remember <laughs> I said stuff as soon as it is an acceptable hour to call wild bill to come back and get us. Cause I'd been looking at the map. I'm like, okay, there's gotta be another, like in the next six miles that, cause there are places on the AT that you can just park and do like little section hikes. I was like, there's gotta be a place where wild bill can get us. And so I'm like trying to find all these shelters Or not shelters, parking lots on the map. Oh, and the other thing about the cave is like we did not have service the entire trail, and we got in the cave full bars. We were snapchatting people all night long. Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember you were snapping people, but then I ended up like Facetiming my mom when there was enough (laughs) light. She was like, "Wait, what?" (laughs) I was like, "Hey, mom. First of all, anybody that knows me knows if I'm on a trip like that, like I'm off grid. Like, do not contact me. I usually let my parents know that I'm there, safe, and then coming home, whatever." But I FaceTime mom and she's like, where are you at? And we just bust out laughing and I'm like, we're in a cave. So yeah. we went through the whole story and she's like, oh my gosh. That, but, um,
0: so Wild Bill, we had gone to hot springs, we left our car in hot springs and then up in that part of the mountains, which a lot, a lot on the AT, like their shuttle services, because, uh, a lot of people will get shuttled to max patch and then just hike back to hot springs where their car is. And so that's what we did. And for some, for some reason. The one that I chose was Wild Bill. And Wild Bill was probably minimum 75 years old. Full mountain man. And remember, Full mountain man. He he drove this old minivan like he was driving at Talladega. And up these curvy mountain roads. And you know, I get motion sick. I was in the front seat and dying. And do you remember? He had his like Yeti coffee cup that looked like hadn't been washed Washing ever. For, for and as <laughs> he years. was taken... taking these turds i mean it was just splashing
1: this way (laughs) i was telling my brother about that a couple months ago and i was like oh my gosh it was something out of a movie Uh, i wonder if he's still alive wild bill
0: because that's been what like five years he's probably still doing it but anyways wild bill i called the next i said stephanie as soon as it's acceptable which i feel like for wild bill is 6 30 7 (coughs) o'clock i'm gonna call him and be like wild bill Come pick us up. Save us. And so I remember calling him as soon as it was acceptable. And I'm like, hey, Wild Bill, this is Betsy. You dropped me and my friend Stephanie off at Max Patch yesterday. He was like, yeah, how's it going? I said, well, Wild Bill, it's not going great. (laughs) So we just spent the night in a cave. Can you (laughs) please... Can you please come pick us up at this parking lot? And he was like, actually, yeah, no problem. I was <laughs> planning to drop people off there around 9, 930. I'm like, perfect. Great. We'll see you there. So that was like two miles, I think. But those were... Yeah. The hardest two miles I think brutal. I've ever hiked. And it wasn't, it was like all downhill, but we were so tired, tired. soaking wet, <laughs> freezing. I remember standing there waiting for him to show it was up. So cold. I thought you like had hypothermia. Yeah, like you like were like shaking, shaking. your lips I was were blue. So cold. Yes good so. times
1: it's still my favorite story <laughs> I
0: <never see> <laughs> and we have been back to max patch um but i have not gone to that section we need to reclaim we, i think
1: we need to rehike it i'm curious i literally would love i don't to think it exists really that that cave
0: i think oh. it was
1: manifested
0: out of thin air
1: <laughs> i would love though because i think we could find that spot easily because it was so well oh yeah we could just but... park at that parking lot and hike the two miles up yeah and see just
0: to see just to see how far it was I'm yes, curious. and we can find that site too. Mm-hmm. We need to do that again this spring break. Let's let do me it. know. <laughs> okay. Anybody else who wants to join? And I feel much more confident in my backpacking abilities since then. <laughs> that was my first solo trip without other friends who had also done it before. Yeah. Um, but a fun fact about me and stuff is that usually when we hike together, we almost die. So it's
1: that's, always a fun story.
0: We only had one experience where everything was great, and we're like, "This, this feels too." Like, that was in Georgia. Yeah, when we did spring uh-huh. mountain, yeah. Um, we, but we were on guard, on guard. They're like, we were like hole, "All right, we're
1: gonna see a bear. <laughs> like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen because always happens. I almost went
0: into anaphylactic shock one time at Katahdin, and Legit. then you almost like coming down from Katahdin. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, we have stories awful. for days, but um, we've been talking now for twenty three minutes about <laughs> that story. So, <laughs>
1: Maybe but not. yeah.
0: Anyways, uh, Steph is one of physically closest friends and so it's wild that we're on episode 31 and you're just now joining but um we we wanted we really don't have a game plan for this honestly y'all we just um over the past month or so probably less than that have been um talking a lot about like prayer and um hope and doing things in faith and yeah, we just wanted to, to talk about that really. And Stephanie is also one of my friends. I have like three, maybe four friends that I do not have to preface with. I know this sounds crazy, but, Mm -hmm. and like, we just got to the point and we were actually on the phone a few weeks ago, going back and forth, talking about different things. And both of us were saying, listen, I don't think I'm crazy. I know this sounds crazy, whatever. And finally, one of the times Steph said, I said, Hey, hold on, just stop right now. Can we just both admit that? Yeah, this is a little crazy, but we don't have to say it anymore. Right. <laughs> yep. And so, um, because honestly prayer and doing things in faith is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like countless examples in the Bible of people doing things. And I'm sure in their time, people thought the same. I mean, top of the dome here, but Noah, yep. we were just talking about that this morning. Mm-hmm. Like, God told him to build an ark, so he's building an ark, and all these people are like, What do what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like building this massive boat and like they're it's not gonna rain that much. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's just things like that. Um But anyways, let's uh let's talk about prayer stuff. So what is your like me and Mallory Mallory and Allie were talking about this on the last episode, but like your your prayer life today. Okay. Let's back it up. How was your prayer life growing up or like, what did you think about prayer as a child or just like in your family? Growing oh, up. You like- had, yeah. Or like going to church or what did prayer. Cause we, me mm-hmm. and Mallory and Allie, that is hard to say. Mallory mm-hmm. and Allie, Allie. We're talking about that. And it was just like very different for all three of us. So now mm-hmm. I'm curious to know.
1: Um, Well, I grew up in two churches because Mm -hmm. my parents were separated, divorced, and then both remarried. So, um, you know, like when I was little, we said the bedtime prayers, and then my family to this day, we always pray before meals and prayed at church. But I would say, so it was almost like the ritual. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's what you do. Yeah. You pray before performative yeah you pray before you go to bed you pray um before your meals um you know and my mom like she had her quiet time in the morning we so I knew that so like I I saw Mm -hmm. her model that um but I think it was well I think as far as my faith journey journey and all I was like 28 when everything started changing for me Mm -hmm. as far as where my faith was. Um, At 28, just a little bit of like my backstory, I was at a place of, to be honest, coming out of like a depression season um, due to life choices like I had made. And so it was in that moment that I kind of like strayed from God strayed from church. I still had that foundation, but, um, I was only praying when I was desperate. Mm. It's like Mm -hmm. crisis mode prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at 28, I, I had made a a decision several months before that to move back to Mebane because I was living in Greensboro at the time. And when I did, I made some like life changes Um, and when I came back home, that's when I started this like faith journey of it moving from religion to relationship. Mm -hmm. Now I think to backtrack, like at the age of 10, that's when I like got, depending on the verbiage that people use, like you got saved or you asked Jesus into your heart, like whatever verbiage you want to use. Um, But I don't think I really internalized the relationship. It was more like a checklist. Like Mm -hmm. you need to read your Bible every day. You need to pray every day. Mm -hmm. You need to da-da-da-da. There's nothing wrong with those things. But Mm -hmm. when you're just doing it as like a checklist for the day, like that's not it. Mm -hmm. So at 28 is when I started focusing more on the relationship side. So like I was listening to, or I listened to a pastor and he said, think about it as like a, think of it as like a marriage. If a husband and wife only talk to each other on a Sunday, what would that do Mm -hmm. to the relationship? Mm -hmm. And that's where it was like transformative to me. You know, that's when I started praying like throughout the day, you know, and it wasn't just like crisis mode. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just pretty much snowballed from that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing, but Mm -hmm. I don't think we really internalize what that means. Mm -hmm. So it went from more, like religious checkoff list to like, Hey, if I see somebody on the side of the road break down, like, and I don't know that I can help them. Like I'm going to pray for their safety and protection. Mm-hmm. Like Lord put a hedge of protection around their car until somebody can stop and help them because I can't, mm-hmm. you know, like things like that. Um, but I also feel like, you know, when it comes to, this was something else that was really powerful, powerful and changing for me with prayer life is, you know, everybody's like, well, God always answers prayers. Well, that answer could be a yes, a no, or mm-hmm. a not yet. Mm-hmm. And that was super powerful for me because I felt like growing up, oh, God's going to answer your prayer. Like that's what it was always instilled. And you just automatically think it's going to be a yes. Mm-hmm. But it could be a yes, a no. That's a No is an answer. It's an and answer. A not, and not yet is an answer. Look, to quote the prophet Garth Brooks, he says, some of God's greatest gifts <laughs>
0: are unanswered prayers. Yep.
1: So that's where my prayer life just really started changing was, like, at 28. Yeah. It went from, like, the religious checklist to moving into, like, no, this is like a relationship. Like, if somebody is in the room, you know, how would you talk to them? And I, you and I have talked about this. Like, if people could hear us sometimes in our head. Oh, my God. How we talk to God or in the mornings in our quiet time, like how we talk to God.
0: They'd be like, girl, that's disrespectful. Right,
1: right. (laughs) Because I'll straight up tell God, I am mad right now. Like, I I am mad at you. I will be the first to drop
0: an F-bomb in the prayer closet. Did I do it five (laughs) times this morning? Yes, absolutely. But I'm like, Lord, you know my heart. (laughs) Like, like 100%, we talk about that all the time. I
1: mean, it's just, like you should definitely have a reverence for God and like respect. Like I I believe that I'm not trying to knock that at all. But when you really think about a relationship with somebody else, like if you act like you're always happy all the time, Mm -hmm. that ain't it, Mm -hmm. you know? So like I tell God, like I'm upset. I need, like I'm upset. Like, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand, you know, why this is happening. I need you to give me clarity. I need you to give me wisdom and I've learned to be okay with that. Like,
0: Yeah. Um, well, and I think so. that for you and I, and even like Allie and Mallory, as we were talking about it, that is very much a, um, like a shift in our mind and perspective mm-hmm. of how we grew up knowing prayer to be. Mm-hmm. Like it was always, and just even my experience in the church and religion, it's like, oh, you have to put on your best clothes. You have to yep. look a certain way. You got to talk a certain mm-hmm. way. You got to act a certain way. And, like, I like what you said. Like, we need to have a reverence for God, but also not be afraid to show up as what we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to get myself together. I said this a couple episodes ago about the TikTok Casey sent me. Like, I don't have to get myself together and get clean before I come to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I come to mm-hmm. Jesus.
1: And a lot of that kind of stuff is what has turned people away from the church. Yeah. I mean, I know I have... Yeah. family members that mm-hmm. I know because people have told me that their reaction of how they've been treated by those family members mm-hmm. in church is why mm-hmm. they never step foot back in a church. Right. And, you know, I like to use the argument, um, you know, I, I'm pretty confident Jesus didn't change clothes to before he got before people, uh-huh. you know, like they were live. they were just living life. Right. Um, you know, you can have a respect and reverence for the Lord sitting on your couch just as much as you can in a church building with four walls. Yeah, so I don't know. the world has put, <laughs> yeah, that a whole nother um, society has put a whole nother viewpoint of what church should be yeah and i
0: think that's definitely the society and culture that we grew up in and our parents as well but i think we're definitely seeing a shift now yeah where and and i really think it started before covid but especially covid COVID. yep yeah and i don't know i go back and forth on that like i do think that church is a great place to get into community and it, it just my experience It's very easy for me to stay home in my pajamas on a Sunday morning and watch church and get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not interacting with other believers and having that community. So it's like, that's great when it's convenient mm-hmm. or when you just need a day to chill or whatever. But like, I, I think that's like a, a double edged thing, but I do think overall, like we are seeing more of a shift and focus on relationship versus mm-hmm. religion.
1: Yep. I think that, and I agree, because the amount of conversations I've had with close, like friends I grew up with Mm. in church, and they're having the same conversations that we are, which is, you know, Mm. religion versus relationship. Uh That's what it boils down to, and I know a lot of people have walked away from the church building, yeah, to figure out what churches for them and it has shifted a lot in three years and i'm not saying like you shouldn't be in a church building i'm not saying that at all but it's what you're doing on your day-to-day like Mm -hmm. what are you doing on your day-to-day relationship with Mm -hmm. god because of sunday in a church building is it that's not it that's yeah
0: i like to think about it as i know i've said this on the podcast before but just anybody can claim to be a christian Mm -hmm. like If you say that you're a Christian, you're saying that you believe in God and Jesus and what he did, Mm -hmm. period. But to have a personal relationship with Jesus, like, and I, a lot of times I don't even claim myself as a Christian anymore because I don't, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. And that's not from like a prideful thing or whatever, but I, I don't. Now that I'm saying that, that sounds kind of prideful. I take that back. But there's a difference between being a Christian and saying you're a Christian and going to church on Sunday versus being a man or a woman of God. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference there is just like you said, like one is a checklist and it happens one day a week and whatever. And I, I especially see this in dating. People will be like, Oh, I want a girl who's a Christian or I want a guy Mm -hmm. who's a Christian. I'm like. Now, baby, I want a man of God. (laughs) Like, I need you, I need to know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus and that you are daily pursuing him and like having praying without ceasing and you are having conversations with him and you're coming to him as your true, genuine self and like letting him do the work in you that needs to be done. Like, there is a major difference. But I think, like, going back to what you said, a lot of that stems from the religion aspect and culture that we grew up in right. and all that to say that I do think like it is turning no it, for good. it really is um well that took a turn that I didn't think I was gonna <laughs> we're just rolling with we're it we're just rolling with it but we <laughs> let's get back to prayer because that's that's what we've been wanting to talk about so um I think I asked you like how was your prayer life growing up mm-hmm. um what and you kind of talked about like what your prayer life is now, but like how, like for somebody listening who has heard you say like, okay, growing up, it was this very routine performative thing. And now it's like a pray without ceasing thing throughout the day. And I have a relationship with Jesus, blah, blah, blah. But like, give some What's context, like? like how, what does that look like? Like, how do we pray? Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of a
1: weird thing. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I've really learned this year is making sure that some of my prayer time, like that my prayer time is not constantly asking something Ugh, of God. Yeah. So one of the preach sister. Mm-hmm, so the biggest shift for me this year is make like, I think I've done better in the recent years of like thanking God for things. Mm-hmm. Um. This year, <laughs> Pride. God has like been all over me about like, you're not taking time and evaluating your day of like asking for forgiveness. Like, God, I'm sorry I did this today. Mm -hmm. Like, or I confess I did this today. Like, I know this is an area that I need work on. So it's like, it's been a pride thing for me of like not taking time and reflecting and being like, okay, Like, I probably lost my temper in this situation. It popped off at the mouth sooner than I should have. And, like, I need to work on this. Like, help me with this. Like, I see it's an issue, you know. And it doesn't have to be, like, these big verbiage phrases, Mm -hmm. you know. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm asking like, I confess this and I'm asking forgiveness for this. Like, it doesn't. And I'm that like, is a shift in our mindset exactly. because that's what we were taught. And how so to I'm it. like, Lord, I popped off at of the mouth today. Like, for real, for real. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I am so sorry. Like, this is an issue. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your wisdom. I need your discernment. Like, thank you for being a patient God that never yeah. gives up on your children. Like, that's how I talk to God. I literally yeah. envision like him in the room and I just talk mm-hmm. to him like a friend. Yeah. You know? Very like um, honest and raw. And yeah, the forget the asking, like confessing my wrongs and what I've done. Uh-huh. Because I feel like it's so easy for us to nitpick like, I need to be praying for this person because they're doing this, 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 and mm. this, and shifting it like to like, this is a weakness of mine. God mm-hmm. help me in mm-hmm. this, this, and this, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where he's got me.
0: Yeah. With I- that. I definitely go through waves of my prayers being very, um, Betsy centric, Mm -hmm. like everything about me and I need this and I need that. Yeah. And then I'll go through another wave where it's completely about other people. Same. And then I go back to me and then I go back to other people and it's like, girl, can we just make this a whole day conversation? But
1: also I think that's where you have to have grace for yourself because I think that's just... The waves, emotions of life. Yeah. Seasons. Yeah. Because like, I mean, you know, my family story this year, like this is the one year probably in the first time in 36 years, like I could not be there. I've always been that friend that everybody calls when they're going through something mm-hmm. and this year could not be it for me. Like mm-hmm. I had to literally have conversations with people like, I cannot handle your stuff. You're going to have to call somebody else. Yeah, Multiple people. I had to tell that to And, you know, so it's like this year has been a lot of just God kind of intervening on the behalf of my family, asking for literally supernatural physical energy, asking for mental energy. Like, that was a pride thing, too, because I've never really had I never really felt like I had to pray for those things. Mm -hmm. Like, I've just always been like super strong, like push through. And this year, wasn't it? like it just wasn't it's like god you're gonna have to help me get through this because i can't the stress Mm -hmm. levels are just too high or Mm -hmm. i'm so physically exhausted like i can't even think straight Mm -hmm. you know so becoming dependent (laughs) like literally dependent on god just to get you through the next day has been a pride breaker for me this year yeah so
0: and i mean in that moment of desperation too. And like, I know the backstory and I know like mm-hmm. what you were going through day to day, but it, it goes back to like that constant communication. And mm-hmm. I was, um, this past summer, <laughs> this was the weirdest thing ever, but me and Allie and Sam, we do our grand over spa weekend every oh, yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so funny because, uh, like you go in this room and, um, then they take you back and we all go to our massages and everything. And then like, we end around the same time, but we go into the room and like, I'm in there. Allie's in there. I was like, oh my God, Allie, like that was a spiritual experience for me. And she was like, what? And I was explaining. And then Samantha comes in and she's just like all glowing and radiant and whatever. She goes, "Yo, we talked about, it. you have to know Sam, like she's hilarious. She was like, we talked about, uh, I forget exactly what she said, but she was like straight giving the masseuse like scripture as he was massaging her. And she was like, it was like a spiritual experience. And Allie was like, what? Y'all had spiritual experiences and I didn't. Anyways, one of the things that I I don't remember, I remember laying there and like I had a woman, and um, she was great and everything. And um, the Lord in in that season was teaching me a lot about healing. So like I was already in my mind thinking a lot about healing in that moment. And, um, the masseuse though, I don't even like, I don't think I said anything I I must have to prompt her to say this, but she said, um, and I wrote it down in my prayer journal. She said, praying is talking to God and meditation is listening to him. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, she had no business saying that to me and it it stuck with me. And so I think a lot of times I focus more on the praying and Mm -hmm. like talking to God in those moments, but I rarely take the time to like meditate and actually mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's a big component of prayer too is like taking the time to listen. Cause like you said, it's a relationship. So how would it be like you and I, if I just sat here and talked to you all day long and never gave you the opportunity to speak or e- stop long enough for you to say something and for me to listen. Right. And I think, I don't know. I think that's the hardest thing about prayer to mm-hmm. me because, like, I have definitely experienced many times, like, the Lord speak to me in different ways. And we could talk about that, too, because that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But I get in my head a lot because I'm like, wait. Did I just make that up? Did he really say that? Mm-hmm. And you know who that is? Mm-hmm. That's the enemy. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes like, I am crazy. Like I do come up with things. I have a very creative mind. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I think like you, you have to take those things that the Lord has spoken to you and take those things back to him and be like, okay, this is what I think I heard you say. And sometimes it's clear as day and like you, whatever, you know, yeah. but take those back to him and be like, I think this is what you're trying to tell me. I think this is what I heard. This is what you want to teach me. Like, can you confirm it? Or can you tell me more? Can you teach me more? And like, when I actually take the time to do that, like, he does it. Right. And so I think that's another component that...
1: That's also another reason I'm a morning person. Yes. It's because everything's quiet. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, for me, it's like as soon as the daylight hits the sky, yeah. it's like you just hear noise. And yes. that's why I'm not a morning person as in, I have a ton of energy. Like that's not me, Same, (laughs) but I, I, we are very similar in this aspect. It's like, we like slow, quiet Mm -hmm. mornings. Yes.
0: Um, I mean, even this morning when you text me and be like, yo, can I roll in at eight o'clock? I'm like, Steph, Give me at least another hour because I need to make my coffee. I need
1: to have my quiet
0: time. Yep. Meanwhile,
1: like, I've been up for like an hour and a half already. Th-
0: this is... I'm genuinely concerned about living with another human eventually because uh-huh. of like, baby, we... We cannot. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me. I need to be up for two hours, whether that is... Communication. Six Communicate at, communication. that from day one. Communication. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, But yeah, I think the morning and and people... I think it's important to have quiet time and a structured not maybe not structured is the right word but like a a certain time throughout Mm -hmm. your day to be very intentional about like hey I'm sitting down or standing you can stand you can walk you can run it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter but an intentional time to pray to God to take a moment for him to or let him speak through the noise of all the distractions and just like meditate on his word and like you know intentional we call it quiet time because Mm -hmm. we're basic white girls but quiet time and I think for me personally that is the best in the morning because it's like before everybody's up before I get distracted and thinking about a million things um but other times in my life like when I was in college and one of probably like the strongest seasons of my faith. Like my quiet time was at night before I went to bed. And so Mm -hmm. I think it just looks different for everybody. It shifts for everybody. And and it
1: shifts in seasons. Yeah. That's what I was about to say is I think that people have to understand that seasons change. And so (laughs) things change and that's okay. Like it doesn't have to be this Instagram, Pinterest, perfect, Mm -hmm. like what your morning should look like. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I think there should be a designated time. I don't feel like that should be the only time you talk to God right. throughout the day, but I do feel like there should be a designated time with the grace that that designated time may look different. So mm-hmm. like for me, like yesterday I went out and instead of praying on my couch, I went and walked to the horse field and mm-hmm. I walked down to the pond and I walked back where I'm, I can't do that the mornings that I'm working, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or it may be, That I sit on the couch and I play quiet music while I pray. Yeah. Or it may be me talking out loud in Mm -hmm. my living room. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, you know, I have that designated time. It looks different from day to day. But I will even say like once it gets to a certain time in the morning, like just hearing the traffic Mm -hmm. like escalate on my road, like that becomes a distraction. So it's like. Some people are like, what time do you get up in the morning? I'm like, honestly, it depends on the week because it depends on what's going on. But I'm like, I could be up from anywhere between four o'clock and Mm six. Like it just depends on the day. It depends on, you know, what I was doing the night before, but I try to designate that time. And there's some days like I don't read my Bible. Like, you know, like I'm not saying that that's a good model, but like some days my spending time with God is just praying. Yeah. Like that's it. Um, because I think spending time, like, with a person looks different. Yep. Every I was about day. to say,
0: go back to the relationship. Yeah, like, like, if you are doing things in a relationship, whether that's a friendship, a marriage, mm-hmm. a dating relationship, whatever. Like, if you do the same things over and over and over, every single day the same, like, it's going to get boring. And nobody exactly. wants a boring relationship. Exactly. And I think that's good to remember, like... This is mm-hmm. a relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus, and you've got to do those things. Keep it fresh. Well, keep it and spicy. I think that,
1: like, one of the things that I've learned through COVID is that it exposed having to be doing church from home for so long. It You know this, because it exposed us to different churches, yep. different pastors around the U.S., world, mm-hmm. whatever. Because what are we about to watch after this? Right. Social <laughs> Dallas, baby. Social Dallas. And so... Um, so like some mornings, like if I'm like, and some of it's pride and some of it's just me, just, I don't feel like reading the Bible right now, you know, like, but what it yeah. may be is when I come home from work mm-hmm. that evening, it may be me listening to a sermon mm-hmm. from a church from earlier in the week or something yep. like that. Um But I do, I really try to be consistent with my prayer every mm-hmm. day, like in it, you know, I don't know. This year, like I said, it's been a lot of like thankfulness and my prayers, and a lot of like breaking your pride down. Stuff like these are the areas you need to work on. You know, it's areas mm-hmm. you need to work on. So mm-hmm. quit pushing it under the rug. So, yeah. as one
0: of my hot yoga instructors said one time, <laughs> "Leave the place of resistance and find the place of surrender." <laughs> um something you said I was just uh oh last night I was watching as I was making uh those citrus ornaments um there is a series on Netflix called uh I think it's called live to 100 Mm -hmm. or something like that it's only four or five episodes but it's all about the blue zones do you know about the blue zones in the world Mm -hmm. so blue zones are places in the world where they have the most they call them I was gonna say centurions but that's like roman soldiers right (laughs) centenarian basically people who live to 100 or above and so there are a handful of places in the world that's very concentrated with people who live to very very old ages and it's like these people who are like you should watch it it's really fascinating but there's a few different places he goes to um and he's trying to like figure out like why are these blue zones the way that they are like, how, how are people living to be this old right. in these particular areas? Like, is it the food they're eating? Is it the environment? Is it whatever? And so he goes through and he finds all these things. Um, and one of the things that he found is like a big sense of community in a lot of these places. Like that was a thing across the board and in different places um, they call it different things. And I think one of the blue zones um, is Okinawa, Japan. Mm, interesting. And, yeah. And they um, – I, th- I might be messing this up, but I think it was there, but their word for community is Moai or mm-hmm. something like that. And so there's just, like, a very big, um, like, emphasis on community and just not not just with family and family taking care of family and families living together, um, but there was this one – these this group of women who um, they – they got together every week or maybe they lived together. I don't remember, but they um, were interested in music and singing and like playing instruments and things like that. And so like, that's literally what they would do. They would get together and do those things. And um, so across the board in different places, he went, he found that like a strong sense of community helps you to live longer. But that's not my point. My point is that he also said something about how, when you are exposed to people who are making healthy choices when Mm -hmm. you are exposed to people who are doing things a certain way. And like, there's tons of research on this. Like you start to pick up their habits and traits and Mm -hmm. like do the same things. And like, I think that's where community comes in. So like, I think that is a lot of the reason that my prayer life looks the way that it does. And the way that my faith journey has played out is because I have people in my life and friends and family who, Like I see them doing these things, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, like I should, I should do those things.
1: I think too, we people like you and I have like this is something God has been really all over me about the last years. How blessed we are Mm -hmm. to have a community of friends. Yes, outside of a church building, that Mm -hmm. one's going to hold you accountable. Yep, but not everybody has that, and I think that that's where we have to be really careful that we are not judgmental of that. So Mm -hmm. it's like. For some people like their only community is in a church building mm-hmm. that will hold them accountable and their faith walk and things like that. And so I think we just have to have this every, like everybody's history, background, where they are is different. Yep. And we have to be mindful of that period. For sure. And you know, I was actually talking to my sister-in-law about this recently. Like, we are so blessed. Like, I know I have those, that core group of mm-hmm. friends that I can pick up the phone and say, hey, like, this is going on. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> it's going down. Or, like, send a text message. And, like, I know that they're not just sending a text back or commenting back yeah. and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Like, they actually, actually are praying for you. Like, yeah. it's not just a, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Like, you know, like when people just say that, it's, like, just routine verbiage. Yeah. And and for us, it's, like, no, we have those core friends that, like, if I say, hey, I need prayer right now, like, I need help, or whatever it is, like, they're actually doing it. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, I've always had faith-filled friends. I don't know what it would be like to not have them. Do you think it's because we grew up in the Bible
0: Belt? I think that's part of it. That's something that i have really thought about recently like yes. is is a lot of my experience because of like w- would I be a different person and the answer is yes if I had grown up in like Arizona or mm-hmm. somewhere else that's not it's as hard like to
1: say I mean we definitely live in the bible belt but like I have a lot of friends that grew up in the bible belt and with yeah you know true. and they don't yeah. have that community that we have yeah. I think it's really feeds from your family yeah like what? Your family and your choices. Fam- yes. We were talking
0: about choices this morning. Yeah. And that plays a big part in it.
1: Yeah. So I think the other day, I don't know exactly how it was worded, but it said, um, as Christians, like we have to be mindful that we're not, we're always like, oh, the devil is just attacking me when really it could simply be a, a choice you made. Mm. Let's talk about natural consequences. I forget. Them consequences. Yeah. (laughs) I I said that kind of funny. Yeah.
0: yeah, There was, uh, dang, what is the scripture? I was reading some scripture the other day that basically talked about that. Mm -hmm. It's like you made that choice. So there are Mm -hmm. natural consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't remember what it was. But yeah, we, I mean, this is a rabbit hole I didn't plan to go down, but let's talk about free will and choices. Um, I mean, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> we, we were just talking about it this morning. So it's fresh, but yeah, everybody has the choice. Mm-hmm. Like God has given us that choice. And so like every, and I mentioned this on another episode a couple weeks ago, but we have in our day to day, I think like 70 some thousand thoughts that go through our mind. How they quantified that, I don't know. But the people say. Mm -hmm. People have spoken. (laughs) It's 70,000 thoughts a day. And of those thoughts, you have about 30 to 35,000 decisions that you make in a day. Something like 50% of your thoughts become decisions. And so, like, as we're talking about our prayer life and our faith journey and things like that, like, there may be somebody listening who is like, oh, well, I don't have a prayer closet or I can't talk to God throughout the day or like I can't do those kinds of things. But like every, every choice that you have, like, I'm not saying this correctly, but like you can make that choice. Mm -hmm. Like in a moment you have Mm -hmm. the choice to say, Hey, I'm going to come go to God to this, or I'm just going to bypass it. Mm -hmm. Like every active choice that you Mm -hmm. make takes you forward in your journey
1: or like, something else too i think just being females the first thing when something goes wrong the first thing we want to do is call our friends girl and it's like, when, <laughs> so I, it's like are we taking it to god first or are we calling all a girlfriend no i you know? know if
0: i get a text from Steph that says girl
1: yeah <laughs> Don, dot, like, dot.
0: <laughs> there are various forms of girl that you send me it's like Okay, capital G I R L, girl. It's like, okay.
1: <laughs> Brace yourself for this. I one. got something
0: crazy. If it's all caps, girl. <laughs> it's like, are you ready for this? And then if it's like, girl, <laughs> with like all the L's, it's like, it's so are funny. you it's good? It's so like, what? This. oh that's usually how it goes but yeah I agree that and that's something that I'm learning too and it is very very hard and I don't know if this is my female brain or just because like (laughs) I want to tell all my friends all the things and like keep everybody updated but I have it's been a very active thought it's like Betsy why don't you talk to the Lord about it first before Mm -hmm. you spill the beans to everybody else because and I think it was me and Allie that was talking the other night that when I tell people all my business or things that's going on, when I tell them first, before I take it to the Lord, Mm -hmm. like inadvertently, like they could be very well-meaning or have great feedback or opinions or whatever, but it skews my ability to hear from the Lord Mm -hmm. about that situation or um, that decision that I need to make or whatever. Does that make sense? Like, so yeah. Yeah.
1: One hundred percent. Agreed.
0: Um. You want to get crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steph said, y'all, this is very tame. This is very tame. Oh, I'm proud of us yeah. that we hadn't like let the crazy out yet. Um, <laughs> I told you in the beginning, Steph is the one one out of three, maybe four friends that I don't have to preface things with. I know this sounds crazy or this might be crazy. Um, And before we started recording, we said, all right how crazy we (laughs) get on a scale of one to 10 how how far are we gonna go with the people um because with each other we go we're 15 we're 15 yeah (laughs) we might let y'all in on like a four i don't know that might be a little much i don't know um
1: we'll have to have more more podcasts together
0: yeah oh absolutely um go a little deeper yeah, so let's talk about the reason we we even decided to do this episode in the first place is because we were having a phone conversation a couple weeks ago where both of us are just honestly taking, I mean, it's the Noah effect, okay? Making like the, the Lord Noah. has spoken, the Lord has said things, and um, we're actively preparing for that promise and so I saw a thing on Pinterest or something it said if you prayed for it prepare for it Mm -hmm. and I think in decades past (laughs) that is where I lack and um a piece of scripture that's kind of like been on the forefront of my mind like for literally a year is the uh the verse that says about um geez hold on I have it written down um, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. It's Mark eleven twenty four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I read that about a year ago, the things that stuck out to me is ask, believe, receive. And, um, I think that I personally have been stuck for so long in the ask part of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I had this revelation a couple months ago and I'm just like, Betsy, you've a- like you've asked. And asked and asked, like on multiple different things, like have asked it has not come to pass. That's okay. But like you can stop asking now and let's move on to the belief part. Right. And so I think, like, if you look at ask, believe, receive, ask, very easy. We know what we want. We know, um, I mean, that's, we know what we want, right? And so it's right. easy to ask. And like if you're thinking about it on a human human level, like it's easy to say, hey, can you bring me a Starbucks? Or I don't know. That was a stupid one, but like, you know how to ask for things. We know Mm -hmm. how to ask. And, um, the receive part. Great. I can gladly take that Starbucks from you once you bring it to me because I asked for it. Um, but the believe portion, especially when it comes to the things that I'm asking the Lord for, that has been so difficult for me. And I know we've had conversations about this too, but it's just been over the past couple of months, the, Lord has really been like, Betsy, I got it. Like, mm-hmm. you've asked me. You don't need to ask me again. Like, I heard it the first time 12 years ago. Like, yeah. and he was like, I need you to move on to the believe portion. Like, mm-hmm. that is the hardest part. Um, And so I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know how to believe. Like, because I feel like I've done it before. And and it ended up me being disappointed and heartbroken and whatever and then I projected that on you so like I don't want to do that again and so he's been really teaching me that my belief was not in him in the first place right he was like you've been asking me all this time and saying that you believe but like you really haven't you really haven't you have been asking me and then believing in your ability to make things happen Your you've been believing in the way that you can manipulate. You've been believing in other people. And anyways, that, that was a fun conversation mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Um, And so like, I'm like, okay, well, I thought, I thought I was believing in you, but like, let's, let's flip this and like actually teach me how to believe in you. Like, what does that look like? And so for me, it has been taking active steps of Mm -hmm. faith he's like okay you've asked me for this so what do you like if I gave you that tomorrow are you you ready ready? for it
1: right would you be ready
0: (laughs) Yeah. the answer is a resounding no it's not (laughs) and so I'm like yeah you've got a great point so um he was like I need you to take active steps Mm -hmm. and so um I I'm currently I think in a lot of different areas in the believe part Um, yeah, I don't, like, I think of, oh, remember that crazy dream I told you about? I've been having a lot of crazy dreams, so that should be a whole other episode. But the one about the girl Hannah, Mm -hmm. or Sarah, so top to bottom here, real quick. Um, long story short, I was at my friend Sarah's baby shower. She's currently pregnant due in March, and, but the baby shower, like, the baby was already born and like months old born, and I was like with this other person, and then Sarah comes up to us with the baby, and she presents the baby to the other person, and said, this is Hannah, and then I woke up, and so I texted uh, Sarah. I was like, dude, I don't know, but maybe your baby's name is Hannah, um, and so that led me to, I'm like, oh, I know Hannah is a biblical name, so right, I like read up. the story of Hannah in first or second Samuel, Um, but there was a I'll look it up because there was a verse specifically that stuck out and um, it like it's first Samuel not second so we have um, what's the guy's name Elkanah no whose name was Elkanah son of yeah yeah is that right do you know the story? <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't have I don't have the name. I think it's Elkana.
0: Anyway, Elkana had two wives, uh Hannah and Penina. I don't know. Penina had That sounds like Panini, like the sandwich. <laughs> Penina Panina had um a handful of kids with Elkanah, and Hannah had none. Also, we should dig into sometime like multiple wives in the Bible, yeah, like I don't a, yeah. Mm-hmm. It messes me up a lot. Anyways. Mm-hmm.
1: Same girl same. <laughs>
0: So anyways, Hannah didn't have any. She was very sad about it. And Elkanah is like, um, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? First of all, Elkanah rude um but anyways it goes on hannah goes to like the temple uh where eli one of the prophets is there and she's like praying so earnestly and like so desperately that eli comes up to her and he thought she was drunk and he said to her how long are you going to stay drunk put away your wine And she said, not so my Lord, Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And I'm like, yeah, girl, same. How many times have I looked drunk, like praying? (laughs) Um, Anyways, so Eli, the prophet says to her, like, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant what you have asked of him. Okay. She leaves. And, um, I'm going to switch over to the message version because I like the way it says it. Um, and she says, think well of me and pray for me. She said, and went her way. She, then she ate heartily, her face radiant. So she's just had like a 180 because of Eli saying this up before dawn, they worship. This is with her husband up before dawn. They worshipped God and returned home to Ramah Elkanah slept with Hannah, his wife. This is the part that got me. And God began making the necessary arrangements in response to what she had asked. And, I read that, and I had this dream, like, totally random weird dream, and it just, like, led me to the story of Hannah, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I love that. God began making the necessary arrangements in response to what she had asked, and so just looking at the story of Hannah, like, she had been praying so deeply and earnestly and, like, in anguish for this child, for this baby, mm-hmm. and, like, Eli saying, go in peace, and she had peace, and, like, I just think about
1: (laughs) that's when she gave it to him. fully. That's when she gave it to him fully. He was waiting on her, but also think
0: about this in a literal instance here, Hannah is praying for a baby. If how crazy would it be for her to pray for a baby and quite literally not put any action behind it. mm -hmm. She wouldn't have a baby, right? Like if she didn't have sex with her husband, there's not going to be a baby. And so reading through this, I'm like, okay, I'm praying desperately and earnestly for all these things. Just but like what Hannah, are you doing? You're I got to right. put some action behind mm-hmm.
1: it, you know? And like, that's what I've heard in a lot of like sermons recently and things that I've been watching. It's like, you know, we are partnering with God and God's only going to, God's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself, mm-hmm. period. So it's like, well, sometimes it, he drops those things in your path and He's like, here you go here, you go,
0: and you're like, like What do oh, you no. do with it? You right. know, that old meme, it's not a meme, it was like back in the day when newspapers were still real and it was like a comic. But it's right. like the guy who there's a flood and he's standing on the roof and he's like, No, I'm waiting for God to save me, and mm-hmm. like a boat passes by. He's like, No, I'm waiting for God yeah. to save me, and
1: then a helicopter comes, right? It's the same thing. It's the same Sorry, thing. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a again, it's a relationship, it's a partnership, so yeah. he's not going to do for us what we can do ourselves, but also at the same time, it's like, so this was like a story someone shared with me. They said that like her and her husband were trying to have a kid Mm -hmm. and they prayed about it, prayed about it, prayed about it. And they were having all kinds of, you know, infertility issues and all the things. And they felt very strongly that God had told them like, you're going to have a child. And like nothing was changing for them. Mm -hmm. But the second that they started putting a nursery together, mm-hmm. they got pregnant mm-hmm. just because it was their step of faith. Like you've told us, you're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. We're believing by faith that you are. This is our step assigned to you that we know that you're gonna do it. Yeah, and then it just like flips everything. Yeah, and I know like we also have to be careful too that yeah. like everybody's story is different. So I'm not saying hey if somebody's listening to this if you're having inverts. To right do like, a nursery. That's gonna work you know what i'm saying like that's not a, what i'm saying but what i am saying is when you're in relationship with god and you partner with him you have to do your part so he can do his right and if you do an act of faith something in act of faith a lot of times that's that's what he's he's waiting on you
0: yeah what's the line it's either in a song or something but it's like um are you waiting on god or is god waiting on you mm-hmm and it's like, and just now, as I said that, you know, that, uh, meme from the office and it's like all three of them stand mm-hmm. in yeah. circle with like the guns
1: <laughs> like, that's what, yeah. what are we doing here? Um, well, it's like, okay, for example, let's say, um, you're, you like are praying for a marriage where somebody's like financially, you know, stable and all these things, but yet you have $10,000 on a credit card. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, are you working to get that, like, what are you doing to match mm-hmm, that? Like, mm-hmm. are you working to get your debt paid off so mm-hmm. that you're matching that person back? Yeah, You know, like, what are you doing? Or let's say. Or what if
0: you're like praying for a job? Yeah. And like, you're, you're currently unemployed, praying for a job, but yet you're not putting out applications. You're not right. networking. You're not. It's just supposed to fall in your lap. Right. No, That's I don't. how this rolls. I don't. Do I believe that God could drop something in your lap supernaturally? Absolutely. Heck yeah. However, I think most of the time, God's like, I, like you said, it's a relationship. It's a partnership. Like, uh, you're asking these things of me and I want to do those things for you, but you got to put some action to it. You know what I mean? What is, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, obviously is verse that lots of people know very well, but the message version um, I came across recently that just reminded me of that. It says, um, okay, so the message version says, I have it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not abandon you, plans to give you the future you hope for. Mm -hmm. And so it's like these things that we're hoping for and praying to God about and asking him about like he wants that for us too. Mm-hmm. and I don't I don't want people to get it twisted. I think there has to be a good checks and balances. like you can't I, I think it's more of a heart posture thing. Yeah. like you you can't pray to God for a six figure salary. Just so you can buy more things. Yep. But if you're praying like God increase my salary so that I can give more, so that mm-hmm. I can be more generous to people, mm-hmm. like there's a difference there. Is that-
1: but also, I think He's going to test you with that. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna test, absolutely. Like if I give you this amount of money, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to go spend it on buying six Coach purses, or are you <laughs> going to go like?
0: That's the Mebane outlets. in mind yeah. and your Coach. Can outlet. you tell I hate the outlets? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't stand them. Um, like, are you going to use the, like, I think he will test us to see, are you really ready for this? Mm-hmm.
0: What's that, uh, parable that Jesus tells about, um, there was a person who had little, what what's that one with the, ten, the talents? Mm-hmm. There's like a person with five talents and that like used them right. well. And so he doubled mm-hmm. them. And then the one with a hundred talents, he squandered it. And right. What so like what are you doing currently in this season with what you have as you're asking God for these things and believing God for these things? Like, I don't.
1: Well, in society's biggest disease is instant gratification. Yeah. It period. Uh huh. And so. She said period. <laughs> period. And so, um, it's like when we don't get things instantly, we just feel like God again is not mm-hmm. answering us. And what is was we'll... that? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not ready. Yeah,
0: or or maybe uh, that job isn't ready for you, or yeah. that spouse isn't ready for you. Yep. Like, or you're not ready for them. Like, yeah, we always like, want to flip it on the other side and
1: say, oh, you know, God hasn't put the right person in my path. You know, they must not be ready. I need to be praying for them, honey. It might be you need to be praying for yourself. Like, it's you so know, funny. I mean. I just, it works both ways. Well, what were we
0: talking about this morning too? Like we were talking about like when we pray for things, cause I was telling stuff about like four years ago in November of 2019, like the Lord really spoke directly and clearly to me on a whole bunch of things. And, um, in that moment I was like, Oh, this means now. And I'm like trying to fit all these things into what he said to me. And I'm like, Oh, it has to mean this. And it has to mean that. And I, I'm sure I've used this phrase before, but like basically. Oh, I just lost it. What, what have I been saying for like months? Like, um, trying not to put my plans in his promise. What did I say?
1: I don't remember how you worded it, but it's <laughs> something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> what you were meaning is like, even though God may reveal it to you, Right now, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen right now. Right. Like, and it I might was... be four or five years down the road before it happens. But God has told you this is going to happen. And this is where faith sets in. Because yeah. if he gave it to you instantly, why do you need faith? Exactly. Like, if he gave it to you right now, why do you need faith?
0: Yeah. And, yeah, that's what we were talking about. And I said, he knows that Betty Girl she's a little slow and she's going to need some time. So I need to tell you this years in advance so that you take the time to like process it and talk to me about it and to dig deeper and to learn more about what I've spoken to you. And, um, cause I just told Steph, you know, those, those things that I feel like the Lord spoke to me in 2019 and not, what did I just say that I feel like, no, he definitely absolutely a hundred thousand percent did speak those things to me. Um, but this November, it's been four years, and I'm like, let me go back to that. Let me re—not reassess what he's spoken, but like, what do I, what have I learned in those four years? What do I know to be true now that I didn't know to be true then? And like, I'm trying really hard not to take the situations and my plans that my creative mind likes to come up with and fit that into what he said, which is mm-hmm. definitely what I did the first go round. And um, I just think when. Like we, we know that our timeline is not God's timeline. And yeah. like when he speaks something or says something or whatever, like we have to remember that it's in, in his time. And I know that's so simple to say, but that was one of the hardest things for mm-hmm. me because of the instant gratification and because of, I'm like, well, I can make this happen if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And not, not as good as he could make it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we were just talking about this morning that so many instances in the Bible that people were given a word from the Lord or God said, I'm gonna do this and did it come to pass immediately? No. We were just talking about Noah. Mm-hmm. Like he's over here looking crazy building the ark when there's no rain and people are like, What you don't need a boat that big and then you got Abraham who like
1: old is all get out. Oh yeah. And his <laughs> wife,
0: Sarah, and God's like, I'm I'm going to make generations to come like your descendants and nobody will be greater than you and whatever. And I mean, Abraham and Sarah, they were like, we don't see this happening. We are getting too old. So we're going to make it happen for ourselves. Got baby mama Hagar with a baby. And the Lord is like, that's not really what I meant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but he still did it and it just did not come to pass. And I mean, think about like the Israelites being freed. Mm -hmm. hundreds of years passed after the promise and the word was spoken. You know what I mean? And so I think that's where the testing of faith comes in. It's like, okay, I'm giving you a layup here. I'm going to kind of like give you a heads up of like where I'm taking you and what I plan to do. But it's like the middle in that believing part is so incredibly difficult to me.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's like the Israelites when God promised them that they would, get to the promised land. Yeah. He did what he said he would do. He did it. The issue was. If he said it, he's going to do it. Humans, Yeah. <laughs> the Israelite humans, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Yeah. Just wandering around. Mm-hmm. It could have happened sooner, but yeah. again, he gives us choice. Somebody told me one time, God is a gentleman. He's not <laughs> going to force you <laughs> to do something. And that's what they said. It's so true though. He's like, he's not going to force you to do anything. So it's like, if you, why is that so funny? I don't know, know, but that one got you. But it's like, if you sit here and you're going to, if you make your choices, then he's still going to follow through with what he said he's going to do. Mm-hmm. You may, you may mm-hmm. be what's prolonging it. Yeah. You. Because there was a gener- a whole generation of Israelites that missed seeing the promised mm-hmm. land because they were wandering in the de- desert for 40 years. hmm The promise still happened Mm -hmm. it just took longer than expected because of their choices and somebody said to me one time they were like well why didn't god like if he can do it then why don't he just do it and i'm like because again it goes back to relationship yep if like trying to force somebody to care about you or like whatever like you can't force anything you know Mm -hmm. like that's not relationship forcing anything. you know what
0: somebody told me one time when they said oh (laughs) lord I probably shouldn't say this on my podcast, but I'm going to. Oh, you know. I'm quoting if you have to force it, it's probably shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like yeah, there's that. And so it's like God's and something somebody else said this was funny.
0: We're just quoting all these other people. We're not even giving them like I mean credit. I don't know who said that I don't one either. time. I don't give credit.
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> just jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. They said God is not a God is a crock pot God. He's not oh, my an instapot. God.
0: Somebody told me about.
1: (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you after this. (laughs) You're like that one. We're not gonna record. Um, But it's true though. Like the instant gratification, and it's like God's gonna give us a choice. But also going back to, He is a good father. Well, when you think about a good father, that is a father of discipline too, and Mm -hmm. consequences. Like if, if our parents let us do whatever we wanted to do growing up with no consequences. That's not like. That's not good parenting. It's not good parenting. So it's like, I think everybody's like, oh, you know, we do serve a God of peace. Absolutely. But we also serve a God of consequences. Mm -hmm. And people forget that part. Mm -hmm. I want a shirt that says. (laughs) (laughs) Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, no, put it on a t-shirt that says I serve a God of of grace, but I also serve a God that flips tables. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he did, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, there is righteous anger mm-hmm. and I think people forget that too. Um, I just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot.
0: Well, I think too, I had this thought one morning, a um, couple months ago, you know, the chair that's normally over there where my Christmas tree is mm-hmm. my, well, my leather chair. I yeah, love I it so much. Like, I got If you ever
1: decide to get rid of it, you better Absolutely not. You better,
0: you better bury me in that thing. <laughs> like put it in my casket with me. Um, no, it's this like really cool leather rattan bamboo chair that I got from one of my dad's estate sales. Um, it was like a doctor who lived there and whatever. So I feel really smart when I sit in it almost like I'm definitely feeling like Dr. Sink vibes. Um, so anyways, this is Sharon. I was sitting there one morning, like the old lady I am, and um, I don't know what I was reading and I but I, like, like I had this thought that like God is more concerned with the process than the product. Yes. and like all of these things that I am praying so desperately for, and these people that I'm praying so desperately for, like, I genuinely think he is more concerned about what's what's changing in me in the process, what's changing in them in the process. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think like if you go back to scripture, like there are so many things that could have been instantly done. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even going back to Genesis, which I joke, it all, I always go back to Genesis, but literally everything goes back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. In the garden, when God created Adam, or even before that, like God spoke into the darkness and started creating the light, the sun, the moon, the stars, the grass. Like that was a process. Like creation was a process. Mm -hmm. Right. And then God made Adam and he said to Adam, name all these animals. That was a process. Could God have just been like, that's a pig. That's a donkey. That's a sheep. And like Mm -hmm. told Adam that, yeah, he could have, but he said, Adam, this is your job. And it was a process. Okay. Mm -hmm. And even when Adam, he's like naming all these animals. He's like, dang, no suitable helper is found. And God's like, I got you. Mm-hmm. Even that was a process. When Adam was asleep, he took the rib from him. He created the woman from Adam's rib. That was a process. Mm-hmm. like. And so even just in the first two chapters of the Bible, like we see that God is a God of process, not yes. necessarily just the product.
1: And, and a journey. Like Everything's a journey. Right. Everybody's faith journey is different right now. And forgiveness, that is something that I've really, Lisa Turkhurst, my favorite Christian author, um, you know, if you know her story and like what she's been through, uh, her forgiving or forgiving the unforgivable book. I think I read, uh, she has like two on forgiveness. What's the new that, one? The Boundaries. Okay. Then yeah. I read
0: the older, The after the first time mm-hmm. her husband cheated on her, I yeah. read that one.
1: Um, but she, you know, she's like forgiveness is a journey. Like yeah. it's not something mm-hmm. that happened. It's a choice, mm-hmm. but it's also a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, forgiveness has been as my faith journey one of the hardest things for me. Like I literally could just about forgive anything, truly, if I know the person is genuinely sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I have forgiven some really difficult things when I know the person is truly sorry Mm -hmm. and like asking for my forgiveness but when it is a situation where one the person can't be mature enough to say hey i'm sorry like i should have done like whatever or you never get that apology that's where i struggle Mm -hmm. but then from her book you know she's like um forgiveness is for you yeah it's not for them
0: yeah what, what's the analogy, um, I've heard, it's like, um, forgiveness is like, hold on, I have it in my notes, in my phone, but yeah, I've also read that book, or actually, I'm gonna be honest, I'll listen to the first half of it on Audible, and she's the one that records it, and I love her work, love her, what, I cannot stand her voice, the way that she reads it, I can't
1: do Audible books at all, that's so dramatic, I do
0: prefer that if I'm gonna listen to, or if I'm going to read, like, a, a nonfiction book or, like, a self-help, I prefer to read that, like, physical book. Mm-hmm. But if it's a fiction, like, I can just get lost in the story. I can do that. My, AD, um, my
1: undiagnosed ADD kicks and, in. so I think we all have it, me. yeah.
0: <laughs> um, okay, here's the quote. It says, Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Yep. I'll and I'm like, mm. because I... And it's funny we go we're going here, but mm-hmm. I've also... Over the past couple months, worked on forgiveness, and it that was like a very like what you said. Like I can get past it if that person apologizes to me, or if that right. person genuinely is sorry for what they did. Mm-hmm. But like having the realization that I might
1: never, I might not ever. get that mm-hmm. ever.
0: I might mm-hmm. not talk to this person ever, ever again, again in my entire life. So am I gonna continue to allow what they did to me to affect me and impact my life mm-hmm. like that? that is like drinking poison and expecting yep. them to be the one that gets hurt. No, I'm hurting myself. Self, exactly. And so that is definitely, you know, I listened to the first half of that book, but ever since me and Mallory, Mallory, why do I keep calling her Mallie? Like that might be her new, <laughs> new name. Nickname, yeah. But ever since me and Mallory did the episode on Jonah, you know, forgiveness and repentance came up a lot and we were like, Oh, we should dig into this and do another episode. And Mallory, as the number one pod listener, I know that you're listening to this and I just want to say that I did the work. I did the work and you did not follow through, but it's coming. It's just delayed. Okay. Um, but this will just be a little flavor, um, until then. But, um, yeah, so I was like digging into all the stuff about forgiveness. And one thing in that book that Lisa talks about is, um, she was working with her therapist and the backstory is, like, her husband cheated on her and she found out and whatever. And so, obviously, that can cause a lot of resentment and untrust and literally I cannot imagine. Um, and so, she was talking about, she was working with her therapist one day and going kind of through that situation. And um, her therapist had her write on note cards. Do you remember this?
1: Yep, that's my favorite part of the Yeah,
0: morning. had her write on note cards all of the things that she felt was either done to her taken from her because at the end of the day it 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 doesn't really matter if that person knows what they did like they caused some type of upset in your life or they took something from you or did something to you like I think her um what did she say something like they can't like what people do to you the way that you receive it and feel it, like they can't, they can't take that from you. Mm-hmm. Like even if it wasn't their intention, it it doesn't doesn't take away the the pain that you felt or whatever. So, anyways, her therapist had her write down all the ways that she felt like her husband had either done her wrong, taken something from her, blah blah whatever. So wrote these each individual one on note cards, laid them out on the floor. And then she, her therapist gave her like pieces of red felt and she had to go through each one and say, like, what's her husband's name or ex-husband? Art. Art. Yeah. So she had to say, I forgive Art for, you know, breaking up my family, like whatever. And then, so she had to say that, cover it with the red felt. And the next bit was, and... Whatever my emotions won't yet allow for, surely the blood of Jesus will cover or something to mm-hmm. that effect. Yep. And I'm like, whoa, oh, yeah. like that is powerful. Yeah, and super powerful. I will say that I did that a Same. little bit. I, did, yeah, I didn't do note cards and felt, I, I just did a sheet of notebook paper. And some of these people be having a whole long laundry list of things. And mm-hmm. I took a red sharpie, everyone, and said that out loud. And I Like that was the most powerful thing, powerful and healing thing. And like, did it change my circumstances? No. Did it heal me automatically? No. But just like something in that of like letting it go. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. It was, it was really cool. I'm a visual person. Yes. I'm a
1: visual learner. So like something like that for me is super powerful. No, I did the same. I took red construction paper though, Mm -hmm. but I had them like all over my living room floor one day. And just like, and when you start listing Ooh. that stuff out, like it, one, it, it brings up all kinds of emotions. But yeah, it two, does.
0: Were you crying it, the whole time? Cause I was. Not the whole time.
1: <laughs> at the end for sure. Half the time. <laughs> Half the time. But when you like stand up and you, I remember listening, I think to her podcast cause, um, she has a therapy and theology mm. podcast that you should do. That's cool. To. Oh yeah. It's really good. I'll send it to you. on Spotify. Um, And so she talks about that. And she's like, when she stood up and she looked at the floor, Mm. like how many things she had been through. And it wasn't like a pity party, but her therapist was just like, you have been through so much. Mm. Like, just look at this. And like to be okay with like, it is okay that I feel this way. Like this is not me just overreacting or whatever in it. That's when you actually do that and you lay it out, like this is what I've been through. It puts a lot of things in perspective, like, but you have to put the effort mm-hmm. into the healing process. Mm-hmm. And I say process and journey, cause that's what it is. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. It could yeah. take years.
0: Yeah. And that's where, yeah, it goes back to the process and like, kind of the situation that I've been walking through the past couple months, I was just telling you this morning, it's like, uh, <laughs> I did the distraction thing, didn't work. I did the healing, helped a little bit. I did the forgiveness thing, helped a little bit. And it's like all these things. And I got to the point where I was like, God, like you, and I know I just told you this, but I'm gonna say it again. Like you have the ability yourself to forget like you throw things into the sea of forgetfulness and like mm-hmm. it's gone. Like you mm-hmm. don't remember. I said, so if you have that ability, like you have the power to to help me do that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so in this particular situation, I've done the healing and the forgiveness and whatever, like help me to forget, like just get rid of it out of my mind. And what did I tell you? He told me, he said, Betsy, I don't want you to forget. I want you to remember my faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so I just think like, with all of these bits and pieces, like it is a process. And like, we don't know what God, I mean, there's scripture somewhere. I don't know what it is, but like, we don't know what God's doing from beginning to end. Like, and that's another thing I've really had to learn is that I am such a type A routine person that I want everything to be a formula. Mm -hmm. And like, God has told me, he's like, Betsy, I'm not a formula. And like, I don't know. I, for me, it's really hard to lean into the mystery of God because I want things to be very structured. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's in the process that he is building our faith and he's building our character and like repairing what's broken. So going back to that moment I had in my little old lady chair, feeling like a doctor, uh, um, like I just started thinking of all these things that God wants to do in the process. Like, in the process that I've been through the past couple months, like God has definitely been strengthening my faith through the process of being depressed through the process of having anxiety and panic attacks through the process of my unbelief and loneliness and rejection. And like all of these things, mm-hmm. like God has been working in my heart and like building my faith and my character and, um, also just like repairing what's broken he's like okay here we've been through this situation and this this thing is broken over here mm-hmm. so maybe let's fix it because this brought it to light so um and i was thinking about jesus as a carpenter like we believe that jesus was a carpenter like that was his trade you know mm-hmm. whatever um And something I learned is that we never specifically find out that Jesus was a carpenter, but it's thought there's like two pieces of scripture that's thought that he was because his dad was. And that was often like, Mm -hmm. if your dad was a fisherman, you were a fisherman. If your dad was a blacksmith, you were a blacksmith. And so that's why we think Jesus is a carpenter. And so um, in my in my doctor chair moment, I'm thinking about (laughs) this, like God working through the process, God building my faith, building my character, um, rebuilding what has been broken. And I'm like, wow, wouldn't it be like you because you, you're a carpenter, you love to build things and like make things Mm -hmm. new. Um, yeah, like the symbolism. And that's what I was thinking of. And so I went back in scripture, um, And looked at, it's like in the gospel somewhere, obviously. So Mark 6, 24, somebody says, isn't this the carpenter? And then in Matthew 13, 55, they say, isn't this the carpenter's son? So from those two verses, we have Mm -hmm. kind of just associated with Jesus as a carpenter. Um, And like today in 2023, like when I say carpenter, like what do you think of?
1: I mean, I think woodwork. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. we think
0: woodwork. And so that's what I think too. Like somebody who builds things with wood. um, But when I like dug into it, because you know when I get on a rabbit hole, I'm like in deep. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's in scripture, if you go back to the ancient Greek, a carpenter Mm -hmm. was more closely associated to someone who was like a craftsman or a builder, um, like a modern day handyman who's skilled at like building and repairing things. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I read Mm -hmm. that ancient Greek definition, I'm like, yes, Lord, that makes sense. You are in the business of building and repairing things. And so I don't know, going back to process, like, truly believe like God is a God of process and he wants to do something in the process. And he doesn't want to just take us to the promise that, you know, whether we believe that he's spoken this to us or it's a promise he's given Mm -hmm. us in scripture, like he's concerned about the process, not the product. And the product is not even the promise. And I know I'm throwing out a lot of P words here, but like like, we are the product. Like, mm-hmm. the product is not what we get to. It's yeah. not the job or the marriage or the business or, like, any of these things that we're trying to get through and these things that we're actively praying for. But, like, we are the product, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. like He's molding us. Right. He's molding us. He's shaping us. He's building us. Um, and so, like, yeah, I think in the past I've I've thought about in my prayer life specifically – the promise as kind of like being the finish line or the thing that I get in the end. And I think I've got to get out of that mindset that that that's not, it's not a thing. that's not it. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I am in relationship with him and the goal of my life is to be closer with him, to build a relationship deeper with him. And it's not what he can give me. He, it's not where he can take me. It's not about how he can like, throw lots of money in my bank account or the kids he can give me or whatever. Like, he is concerned with me as his child and how how he can bring me closer to himself. Mm-hmm. I think I – sorry, I blacked out. And yeah. I think I like, <laughs> stepped down off the pulpit, Betty. <laughs> but he was very passionate about that. Um, so – I don't know where to take it from there, Steph. So, I you know, just we <laughs> like,
1: so one thing that I just, think just people of faith, we get asked all the time is like, you know, why does God allow bad things to happen? Cause Ooh, he could stop it and get that all the time for a long time. It was really hard for me to answer that, but I always go back to, um, Genesis 50, 20, yep. you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And you know, we all have our stories. We all have our hardships. We all have our journeys Um, I saw a thing that was like basically saying, you know, people relate to you, not because of who you are right now, but because of your story. And it's like, if we lived these lives where we had never been through anything hard or anything through like difficult, like people, they don't relate to that. That's Mm -hmm. just not life. That's not, you know, it's, it's it's just not relatable Yeah, (laughs) and you don't feel comfortable talking to that person or whatever. And, um, we go through, I believe God allows us again, like there's choice. Yeah. So like, okay, let's say someone being sexually abused, like Mm -hmm. how can God use any good from that? And it's like, you know, if that has happened to you and you can heal from that, your story can help somebody else. Yes. Like they're not going to be able to talk to somebody that has never been through right. anything like that. But if you have like you, that is, you are somebody that can be a voice or an ear for somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, it. I don't, God doesn't cause hard things. He allows them mm-hmm. again. He allows choice. choice, which depending on a person's choice is going to depend on their actions and what they do, but he can take those hard things mm-hmm. to heal other people because they're going to need to hear yeah. your story. Yeah. You know, so, that's good. um, well, and it's hard, but it's just, that's how he works.
0: Yeah. And you know, we're absolutely linking that social Dallas sermon from a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. on that scripture. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, that actually, no, Robert was at, um, Vue Church, I think is when he did that sermon. I'll send it to you. Okay. But um that that verse, Genesis fifty twenty, is within the context of Joseph, mm-hmm. who, you know, was in his father's eyes, like his father's favorite son, and he had a coat of many colors and his other Brothers, like, threw him into a pit, and then he gets sold into slavery. Like, all these terrible things happen to Joseph, but the entire time, like, he is faithful. And it's like, he eventually becomes, like, the right-hand man to the king. Mm-hmm. And throughout this famine, like, his brothers come and, like, or, you know, anyways, read the story. It's in Genesis. Um, But the sermon that Robert preached, I'm pretty sure it was at Vue Church, but his his message was about like, if God has something for you, like you can't miss it and you can't mess it up. Mm -hmm. Like from like, even though Joseph's brothers threw him into that pit and like, that was a terrible thing or whatever, but then they brought him out and they sold Mm -hmm. him into slavery. Like the entire time. And the way that I think about it in my mind is like, if you think about like a straight and narrow road, like you were in a car you have a destination. Mm-hmm. That's where God wants to take you. Mm-hmm. However, you are in control. You are in the driver's seat. And honestly, some other people are in their cars and they might cut you off and you might wreck and whatever. Like, but you have the power and the ability. That my, my toilet makes weird noises <laughs> at the worst times. But um, you have, you are in control of that steering wheel. You can take the car wherever you want to go. So whether you want to go off on a ramp or you Mm -hmm. want to off road, or if somebody cuts you off or crashes into you, like you still cannot miss the destination. If that's what God has for you, if that, if he wants to bring you somewhere, like he's going to bring you to it. Just like in the story of Joseph, like all of these things happened and they look like bad things that God allowed. But like, if he has something for you and he wants to bring you to it, he's going to get you there. Mm -hmm. You, like we said earlier, you can delay it, you can delay it, but you can't derail it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I just love that story of Joseph because exactly what it says. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And when I read, I mean, I you know, we've grown up probably reading that, but it's like, okay, I don't have to flip there. But when I read that God meant it for good, I used to think it's like, oh, well, God allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. And kind of that same mindset as you were just talking about. Why didn't you stop but, it? But, um, yeah. Um, but the message version says, um, it says, Joseph replied, don't be afraid. Do I act for God? Uh, don't you see you planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good as you see all around you right now, life for many people. And so I have to read different versions to like actually understand. Cause like I said, I'm a little slow, um, but it's like exactly what you said about like somebody's story and the way that somebody may have been hurt in the past. And mm-hmm. again, it all goes back to the process and the story and the journey. And if we lean into the Lord a little bit and just allow him to use that story, like so much life can come mm-hmm. from it. Even if it was like, there's so many awful, terrible things, even within my circle of people and oh, yeah. people that I've met that I know. And like, it's heartbreaking and like terrible things but God can take those things and like you said use your story to bring light and life to somebody else Mm -hmm. and so like I think if you find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with something like that and thinking like how did I get myself here or how could this be done to me like God if you allow him if you make the choice he will use it your good and his glory Mm -hmm. for sure you swiping through notes over there you Mm have anything to add Mm -hmm. this this episode is going on two hours stuff and not at all where I
1: thought it was going Um, but it's been good so it's been good in with this okay. okay perfect great it says maybe we really maybe what we really need is for more Christians to talk about how hard spiritual growth is No one has it all together. Letting God change you is hard. The dying to yourself is hard. The staying quiet when you want to speak is hard. The waiting for his best. The trusting when you want to freak out. The holding on when your flesh tells you to run all hard. If you're in the process, this process too, just know if it's hard, you're not doing anything wrong. Amen, Steph. (laughs) We're going to end on that. We're going to end (laughs) on that. And
0: whether you're in the valley, at the view, or somewhere in between... Keep on hiking and we'll see you next (laughs) time.